BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Radio's favorite podcast, the Grave Consequences Podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at X Maserati. Follow the show at GC underscore cast. Again, check us out every Thursday morning. If you have, if you use Apple Podcasts like I do, go in there, rate, review, subscribe, give us those five stars. You know damn well we deserve them. Um, Greg, we are here today to talk about season one, episode 37 of Lucha Underground. The title of this episode is Pin Ultima Lucha. Oh, that's foreboding. It's foreboding, and we're, and we're going to title it something differently, too. I like um, it. Are, are you going to uh, tell us that when it comes up in the show? Yeah, when I drop the, uh, the line. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's fair enough. So let's get right into it. What do you say, man? Definitely. I think I if I'm remembering the, the matches correctly and yeah, just to break the fourth wall, like you did the previous episode, we uh we we watched these like a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And we for for real life reasons, we haven't been able to record until now. Yeah. And, and if I my memory serves me correctly, I think I like this match or this this show. Yeah. And folks, just to break the fourth wall even further, we are recording back to back after episode 36 for what it's worth. Yep, unfortunately we have to because of my schedule and and you know and mine doesn't help you know it kind of limits you and if something happens on that particular day then we're kind of screwed so I take my fair share of the blame here as well. Fair enough, we can blame you. That's cool. Yeah, we can we can blame both of us, but mostly me. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the show starts off with Dario Cueto talking in his office with Big Rick and. Uh... <laughs> Dario Cueto says, you know, I had big plans for you, but you got blinded by money. There's a lot of eye puns. A lot of... Yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Oh, my God. Cueto... Eventually, Dario Cueto says, you know what? Like, you know, you, 
what's more important to you, money or power? And so Dario Cueto gives Big Rick the last Aztec medallion. So all seven have been given out, handed out, or, or awarded otherwise. Well, don't forget what Rick said. Why just have well, one? Why choose? Yep. Why choose when I can have both? So he gets the medallion, and then he, you know, kind of does the like come hither motion with his fingers, and he gets a stack of cash as well. I mean, I don't know why Dario doesn't just say no, wrestle a match, and I'll pay you. <laughs> I mean, uh, Dario like. He would have to pull out a resource of some sort if Big Rick wanted to get angry with him, and I don't know if Dario wants to do that yet. Big Rick has shown that he doesn't really have much heart to do anything. Mm, that's fair enough. Frankly. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But, you know, Big Rick leaves with the money and the power, and he says, I'm glad we could finally see eye to eye. Got him. Yes, fucking got him. R.I.P. Dario Cueto. 20 whatever 19 whatever to too soon um <laughs> sergio arua plays us in and let's start off with some action we've got johnny mundo versus tejano we get a johnny zero chant before the match started and the crowd loved tejano as well i thought it was johnny puto i heard zero but i could be wrong you could be right i, I just sure. uh it wouldn't surprise me if they also chanted johnny punto at some point as well it, this was a good match, dude. I wrote down Tejano oh, yeah. can go. Yeah, Tejano can go. And the, for as crisp as those, as those drop kicks are, he's Great. way too doing that, man. Well, they were high, too. They were beautiful, like, Okada-type drop kicks. Like, mm-hmm. this... Johnny Mundo... I don't know if it was because he's in the ring with Johnny Mundo, and Johnny Mundo is so good in Lucha Underground yeah. that he, he made Tejano look great. But I realized that Tejano is kind of like... A, he's a big guy, right? Yes. And, Boss, and for sure. They need to wrestle a certain way. And they need Yeah, they need to be in there with someone that can wrestle with them in their style. Like they can't really be doing flippy stuff. And I think that's sometimes where wrestling matches get kind of out of sync where you got a big guy like Tejano trying to wrestle and other guys are trying to do indie type spots and it, it doesn't mesh very well. But if you put him in there with someone that's been trained in the WWE style but is off script like Johnny Mundo, yeah, it was a great match. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great match. And uh, great I'm, surprised they, I'm surprised they went with the finish that they did because I thought, like, okay, there's no way Mundo loses a match this close to Ultimate Lucha. So I guess they got to beat Tejano. But lo and behold, Tejano wins by DQ. When And by the way, Tejano at one point is blinded. <laughs> For what it's worth, it, like the crew interfered, so we had a four-on-one situation. And Tejano was like, like I said, at one point Tejano was killing it, even with just one eye. But yeah, so we got a four-on-one situation, and of all people to save Tejano, it was Alberto El Patron, the guy he was feuding with when he first came into the to the organization. And it's one of those like an unlikely uh, bedfellows situation. Yeah, it was it was classic, you know, attitude era where, yeah, where like you know, Rock and Austin would have to work side by side to fight the McMahons or mm-hmm. you know, Degeneration X or Corporate Ministry. It was it, that's and that's kind of what I was getting at. They those big guys, they kind of need a wrestle attitude style where it's a lot of Irish whips, a lot of brawling. You know, it's kind of like they're constantly coming off of hot tags, in a way, mm-hmm. um, and that's what this match was. It, it had Johnny Mundo 
they they were getting his 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 heel side off really well. Very vicious strikes, very vicious, like great great knee knee strikes and kicks. I mean, but then Tejano's doing those amazing drop kicks and his his clothes lines and his punches were looking crisp. I mean, this is kind of like the penultimate style of wrestling in my eye. And and I, I know I'm hyping this match up, but it's just you got a guy that can dive and flip and jump around and is very acrobatic. And you have a guy that can brawl and slam and just toss you around. And it, it the way the choreography of the match is just so crisp and so smooth and so natural and, and entertaining. Lots yeah. of, you know, uh, lots of hot tag kind of energy. Just a great match overall. And it's, if anything, like they ended it right. They both get to look strong without anyone losing, mm-hmm. really. And and they're doing a god good job of rebuilding Tejano. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And um, I mean, I'm just I'm ready to keep cheering Tejano. I'm not necessarily ready for his Ultima Lucha match because I know where we're going, but I am ready for what lies beyond that. You know. Yeah, you're gonna find that I am too. I'm on board with rooting for him, but I know we, me, and you both know the match is coming up for him. <laughs> And it's just, and it's this kind of goes back to what I was just saying. I'm not going to go back to it for too much, but they had trouble finding people to wrestle in a way that that accentuated the way Tejano fights. It made him look well, good. Look, look, uh, Blue Damon has been an albatross on the show. You're right. Like it, it just feels like they were like, well, we've got, we've got him, so we may as well use him. Mm-hmm. And it's like anything he was associated with just kind of felt less than. Yeah, they didn't know how to hype him up enough. They did a better job with Alberto Betrone and uh, Tejano yeah. than they did with Blue Damon. And Blue Damon could have worked because he could have been like a New Japan dad. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he could have been like uh, Toby Makabe, like on the early card wrestling like a rookie. Uh, but this show is very, very storyline based. So they, they're not going to have too many... They, they won't try to have too many uh, opening match type feels. Everything kind of has to have a story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right. They, that's, that's the best way to use a legend, in my opinion, instead of, you know, feeding your new legends to <laughs> the old ones. Uh, and like you said, they didn't, they had them, so they used them, but they didn't really get much out of it. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Next up, Dario Quito is in his office. He's talking to Hernandez and he gives Hernandez a beer Hernandez goes to sit it down on the table, and Dario Cueto immediately gives it back to him. What happened? I forgot this part. What happened? No, it's like Hernandez was going to sit it down on Cueto's table, and Cueto wasn't having that. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. beer did not belong there. <laughs> but th- this is the segment where we actually establish that Ultima Lucha will be a two-part um, story arc. Mm-hmm. And Dario Cueto tells Hernandez that, you know, you've kind of pissed off the believers. And so for that reason, we're going to give the, we're going to give the fans belts and, you know, they're going to be lumberjacks surrounding the ring. And if, if you or Drago go out, go to the outside, it is their, um, I don't think he said obligation, but he said they are encouraged to whip you or him with a belt. So fans revenge believers backlash 
it's kind of dangerous too. I mean, I'm I'm going to assume not remembering. I, I legitimately don't remember the match, but I'm going to assume the first row is all plants because otherwise, that's kind of dangerous. For I would, I think they got smartened up if they weren't. Yeah, because you don't know if someone not intentionally could go for you, could hit you in the eye, like yeah, you know. And and if he still went with it, then you know, respect. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping it was plants. <laughs> yeah, but. Hernandez says, you know, I hope you have insurance because, you know, if, if they lay a hand on me, I'm going to whip their ass. So He should. Yeah, he should. Damn well. What Even if they did this? Them. You remember when John Cena and Randy Orton beat up everyone on the WWE roster? Yes. You know what they should have done? What? They should have had uh, Hernandez and, and uh, Drago fight yeah. all the fans. So that they don't have to deal with the belts, just beat the shit out of everyone, and and obviously you know use actors or don't, I don't care. That's even more fun. But they just show up and they're like, no, we're not gonna get whipped, and they just beat up every single person in in the arena until they become friends, just like best friends or uh, just like uh, step brothers. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, you referenced the movie already. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, where they beat up all the little kids, just like yes, that. Yes, dude. Yes. Next up, we have Cage versus the Mac, and this is going fast and furious, especially from Cage. And uh, this match was pretty quick, wasn't it? It was pretty quick because they keep having and they keep continuing along a storyline between the way Mac keeps winning and you know Cage. And this is where we get the title of the the episode because. Vampiro says this. Vampiro says a lot of great stuff on this episode. This is the yeah. first one. He says, referring to Cage, he says, he looks like a bumblebee squisher. God. Yes. Yes, I remember that now. <laughs> you just think about Cage going around squishing all the bumblebees. Gosh. It's like, that. Is that a saying? Or did I, Vampiro make it up? I feel like that's something Vampiro might have made up or it, it it doesn't sound common that's for sure it doesn't sound common it sounds like something a juggalo would say but you understand what the juggalo is trying to tell you yeah but you know the mac gets the quick win so the mac is 2-0 and at this point against cage if i'm not mistaken 2-0 and and you're right he this is another uh roll-up pin i believe was it a roll-up yeah it was a roll-up sunset flip but these aren't distraction roll-ups. These are earned pins. Like he's holding cage to the ground so he can't get up. Mm-hmm. And they're they're getting across that Mac is stealing it, but Mac's good enough to get it. Kind of like Yano in New Japan. If you if you if you're familiar with New Japan, that's mm-hmm. what that's what Mac's kind of doing to Cage. But Cage isn't looking too weak because they immediately start brawling yes, all over, brawl like all throughout the temple. And it's this is a good a Cage is great. And so is Mac. They're both amazing. And Cage has had all this momentum. He's been a he's been a monster. And this guy Mac comes in and he get, he earns a lot of credit because he doesn't just beat him. He he uses smarts and technical skill. Yeah. Uh, and he's also strong and, and big. So it's it's making a good. It's 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 very interesting how they're succeeding in making this feud better, even though they've already had Mac win twice. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's at this point, as they're brawling, that Dario Cueto comes out to the temple and he tells them that Ultima Lucha is too big for one night, and we're going to do this starting next week, and we're going to have another match between Cage and the Mac, 
and it's going to be Falls Count Anywhere. It's at this point that Matt Stryker asks, what else does the boss have up his sleeve or his nose? Up his nose? Uh, cocaine joke. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> even though I don't think it's canon uh, that Dario Cueto has a cocaine problem. <laughs> I think, and this is part joke, but part truth, how great would it have been if he did have a cocaine problem throughout the show and he was that dealing with be... all kinds of drug dealers and shit? Yeah, that would be amazing. I agree. You can go sure. full Scarface with that. He's just constant bloody nose, there's white powder around his nose. He's always bloodshot eyes. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I endorse that idea 100%. Uh, if I had a time machine, I would go back in time, not to kill baby Hitler, but to uh, make sure that happened. Mm. Yeah, that's how important that is to me. That makes um, sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Dario Cueto, he's still out there in the crowd. And he, he's talking about the gift of the gods. And he's like, you know what? You know, this, I promised immortality. And whoever wins this, you can receive a title shot at the Lucha Underground Championship at any time you wish. But I am a business fan, businessman, and I like to promote my fights. So there will be no cash this in, as Dario Cueto described, which is a not-so-subtle shot at the Money in the Bank briefcase. But it's, it's fine. It was, yes. It yeah. was a good shot. It was my favorite shot at WWE, though. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't so cringy that, you know, it wasn't cringy, which is good. And so Dario Cueto invites everyone who won a medallion out to the ring. And we have Sexy Star, Bengala, Aerostar, Jack Evans, King Cuerno, and Big Rick. They're all here. But Phoenix, who won the first Aztec medallion, is not. Again, Dario said before, Phoenix was put into an early grave. And uh, Dario says, you know, we'll have a battle royal. But unlike other battle royals, once we get down to the final two, it will become a one-fall match. And that's how we're going to describe our seventh and final Aztec medallion. Oh, by the way, um, before Dario said all of this, each of the Aztec medallion winners placed their medallion into a slot in the belt. And when they did, a magnet pulled it in so that it (laughs) stuck in there. Yes. And that's when Vampiro proved that if you didn't already know that he's a juggalo, uh, this proved it because he didn't understand how magnets work. He said, that thing just sucked it in there. That thing's got power. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no one accused uh, Vampiro of being the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, but yeah, Dario mentions, okay, Battle Royal, final two, have a singles match. And at this point, Phoenix shows up. And Dario says, well, you're too late, even though he's late by like a minute, <laughs> whatever. And he already but, had the title or he already had a medal. Like, well, how did he lose it? There's no rule uh, on. Maybe Dario made him FedEx it to him from the grave. I don't know. Is that like um, how Vampiro made uh, Johnny Mundo bring Taya's belt from AAA back to Vampiro so he could strip her? Yes, exactly. Nice. Yes. Um <laughs> So we have the Aztec Medallion Gauntlet Battle Royal. This is sort of like the old TNA gauntlets, you know, where, um, again, similar concept, get down to the final two, do a singles match. Loads of Jags in here. 
Yeah, they were they they besides Phoenix. Phoenix is the only real name in this match. Well, besides, I would say to a lesser extent, Marty the Moth. Oh yeah, he wasn't here. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but Killshot actually gets tossed out pretty early, which may seem like. And the first thought I was like, man, this guy can't catch a win. Yeah. But they actually did it. They actually did it to keep him strong because he got a fluke, you know, over the rope elimination. He didn't really get beat. Yeah, they protected him in a in a sort of way. I think they could have just had Pentagon in this, or just or not Pentagon. They could have just had Phoenix show up with his medallion that he never lost, and they could have had Killshot win this Rumble to get Killshot some. You know he's doing good. Like I said, he they managed to keep him looking strong, even though he's lost a few. Mm-hmm. But he could use a win. I would agree. I would agree. And oh, at one point, Famous B gets multiple hope spots here. He actually eliminates Arhanis and Ricky Mandel until he gets a kill cutter on Famous. Uh, takes a kill cutter from Killshot. Masquerita Sagrada eliminated himself. So for for that match, he was Meal Masquerita Sagrada. How did he eliminate himself? Because I forgot. He dove out onto someone. Why? Okay, no, whatever. He, he like uh, head scissored someone out of the ring. That's dumb. I agree. I agree. Again, like I said, uh, Mil- I made the Mil Masqueris reference from the 97 Rumble. So, for what it's worth. Because Mil Masqueris dove to eliminate himself. Uh, maybe he didn't want to do a job. I don't know. Um <laughs> The final two was Phoenix versus Marty, and I love the uh, the 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 polar opposites of how each of these guys got here. Marty, having already lost two qualifiers, Phoenix actually won one, and he's got to win his medallion again. Yeah, it. But did you notice the finish? I don't want to get too ahead of you, but are you uh, cool of going know, feel, over? Feel free. Marty never lost. His shoulders, both his shoulders weren't on the ground. He There was a botched Hurricane Rana pin mm-hmm. by uh, Phoenix, which he never botches anything, really. Yeah. Uh, but Marty he didn't really get it all the way, and Marty's one shoulder was off the mat. Ooh. You know. A little bit of Boyle Heights screw job. That's interesting. That's what I'm saying. We need to uh, go back in time and pick it. We need to settle this before we ever settle the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels issue. This is more pressing. Absolutely. At some point, Vampiro was on commentary. Oh, no, okay, okay. They're they're previewing Ultima Lucha. And Matt Stryker claimed that Vampiro was banned from TV. What? Yeah. Like, in this, he's been on this episode. What did he say? He's been on the season. He was on MTV in the 2000s as well. So he he said Vampiro is banned from TV. Was banned. As oh, a, oh, yeah. he was trying to say that Vampiro is not allowed on TV, which is just, I guess my brain didn't absorb that comment because it's so stupid. It is, yeah. Like, uh, he's been on TV for over half a year at this point. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, and now that you talk about it, I think I remember him saying that, and I think it, I just took it as at one point he was banned or whatever. I, it's so stupid. Yeah, no, that's that's how I took it too. But it's like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, who in their right mind is like, oh my god, Vampiro, get him out of here. We can't have him. What the hell? Me. But you're right. 
<laughs> but not for like, oh my god, I'm offended. But like, oh my god, this guy sucks. How's he not know how magnets work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, Prince Puma. We're, we're told this is the night. Prince Puma is finally going to speak for the first time. God love false advertising. Prince Puma comes out alone in a black mask because Conan is dead. By the way, Conan, folks, is dead in the show. He will not come back ever again. Nope. That's completely genuine. He is gone from the show as an on-screen character. Yeah, he's not coming back for any of the future seasons, which is fine. He, I actually, if we're going to talk about Conan for a second, I think he did all right. Yeah. I mean, uh, other other than that weird cage feud that, like, they used Puma as, like, a conduit for Conan to take the bumps, like, uh, he did fine. You're, you know what? It's funny. I didn't think about it like that, but you're right. That was a very. It wasn't a Puma th- feud. It was a. It was a Conan feud more, and I, th- and I think that's more. If you're gonna own a wrestling show, you got to be able to make sure everyone knows who's supposed to be getting. And I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a carny, but I think it would be. You know, number one, make sure you know who's supposed to be getting over in each segment. And they got confused. Sometimes they yeah. got. They didn't get Puma over as much as they should. They kept getting Conan over. They kept getting. Fucking, who else did they push over? They 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 tried to get Drago over like with Puma. Hero over like everyone else. Yeah, and it's Puma. One his 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 black mask he shows up in here is really hard. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It looked incredible. Two, he's an amazing wrestler. He, like you know how like The Rock always was okay with losing and looking and selling for other people. Yeah. I think Puma's like that, but he goes too far. Like you can't always be when you're champ. You can't really always be underdog. I think that's when you got to yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm never. I don't know. Let me ask you: Are you ever interested in a, in watching a champ that's a he, that's a babyface, uh, just always struggling to win? No, I need some sort of. I need. Okay, pardon me. There is an aspect, there's a version of that that I am fine with. And that's the guy who, like, you know he has the capability to win any match that he's in. Mm-hmm. Not, oh my god, how is he How is he going to find a way this time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, more like a Chris Benoit 04, less like a Rey Mysterio 06 type thing. Or, like, we could even say, like, a Kurt Angle. Yeah. You know, he can't, or maybe, like, or even a, a Jericho. Yeah. He has the capability to beat you. Less so Jericho because he he did sell for a lot of people and he lets people get over on him. But mm-hmm. you know, eventually the champion I think has to feel like they deserve to be in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Like they have to feel like they can beat people, <laughs> and not every single person is going to be like, oh, are they going to lose the title? Like you want that to a, a certain degree. Yeah, but you want them to feel more like a Samoa Joe than a than a I don't know a Brian Kendrick. Yeah. No, and that's not a knock on Brian Kendrick because Brian Kendrick's great, but you know he's not WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I would agree. I would agree. And <laughs> Prince Puma has no time to speak because Mil Muertes comes out with all the drip in that suit he was wearing. Dude, he looked pretty pimp. I mean, they they're really take their the whoever's in charge of the uh, wardrobe is really doing a. Great job at the end of the season. Pentagon's mask was hard. Uh, Puma's mask mask looks incredible. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Mill's suit is, he's got the drip, you know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> Prince Puma lays down the belt, draws a line in the sand, and he waits for the Disciples of Death to show up for a fight. It's the go-to-kick, and a statement has been made. Course screw to the outside. Mil Muertes comes in for the fight. Prince Puma knocks down Mil, Mil Muertes. And it's at this point that Prince Puma goes to the top, looks Katrina dead in her soulless eyes, slashes the throat Undertaker or Benoit style, and nails the 630 on Mil Muertes. Champion looking strong. Only two weeks to go to Ultima Lucha, and this is the last time we will see them face off before Ultima Lucha, before their match at Ultima Lucha. You know what? Uh, we can edit this out if it's too spoiling. Spoiler. Yep. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, she looked at Puma, but she didn't lift the rock up. No. She didn't. You're right. Mill's power comes from the rock, mm-hmm. and she didn't use. She didn't activate it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that next week, about the power of the rock. Um, of course, Whitney Houston knew the power of the rock, but... Um, Oof, too the soon. Power, the pa- too late. It's been like too seven soon. <laughs> But no, uh, we, we will, I will uh, have a mini rant about that next week. But What, you, what are you going to have a mini rant about? About the, uh, the, the stone, the stone of death or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if it has a name, but that'd be cool. Um, I'll have a rant about it next week. Cool. Um, so that's the show, and uh, you know, pretty pretty tight, pretty concise one. Let's go into grading, man. Uh, let me look at the notes. Let me see what the met, what the whole show was. Okay. I didn't even think about a grade yet. I'm, I'm gonna probably give it a B. Yeah, it was very good. They're uh, returning to form just before Ultima Lucha, which no time like the present, you know? Yeah, and I'm not sure if that B is because of the momentum was kind of halted by the last three episodes. Um, Or if, you know, I don't want to rate it too highly either, but I'd say a a low B. No, you're you're absolutely right. I would would give this an an even B, actually. I'd give this a full-blown 85. Um... That that last segment, amazing. The Aztec Battle Royal uh, for what they were trying to do, very impressive. Cage in the Mac, they they built that story up just a little bit more. Mundo versus Tejano was short, but I thought really good. And it it did a really good job to you know get the uh, get the crowd invested. They were very much into it, very much into Alberto making the save. And uh, again, a good go home show before a big season uh, two part season finale. No, I'd agree with that because everything they tr- every everything they did, they succeeded on. They they had a nothing match with with Mundo and and Tejano to get them both over in different ways. They succeeded. Uh, they got Johnny Mundo over as a heel, a cheating heel, and a vicious heel. And they did. And they got Tejano over as you know a strong, uh, able, you know, fighter. And then they had a nice attitude error, you know, enemies becoming friends segment at the end that everyone loves. The crowd, mm-hmm. if you're live, the crowd loves it. And if the crowd's into it, they, they love it even more. Yeah. Like you said about Cage and the Mac, that's a great match. It's, and, it, and it's not, there's no stalling in the momentum like with Sexy and Superfly. There's no disjointedness. It's it's just building and building yeah. as you want it to. Like uh, 
they've been they haven't you know shot their load too soon and and it's still just getting better and better and uh the other matches anything storyline wise they was great puma and mill that was perfect the way they did that lots of action lots of attitude and what was the other match that was going on uh they had the awesome the battle royal was it got phoenix over this i'm not too high on it but there was nothing wrong with it uh Besides the thing with uh, kill shot, but it's that's like nitpicking. And other than that, you know, I love the thing with uh, the Aztec uh, gift of the gods belt. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite belts. Yeah, it is, and it quite frankly, again, anyone who hates the belt can fuck off. That belt's awesome. It looks cool, and it has a great mechanic. It like actually, it's it's basically the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. in a belt. You win it, yeah. you can you get a champ, you get a shot at the champ. But if oh. you wait too long, you could someone was- takes a shot at you. I forgot to mention. Yes, that is a that is a stipulation of the gift of the gods. Yep, you have to do it in two weeks. Otherwise, someone else can challenge you for it. So it can't be something stupid that you get and you hold on to. So you can't have a stupid thing where a shit heel is going to hold on to it for a whole year and wait till WrestleMania. No. The whole time, and yeah, because they got to defend it. Yeah, and they have to, and they can't just steal it from you after you lost the match because they have to plan it out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And with that being said, folks, that's the that's the show. Wow. We really zoomed through it, brother. We did. But, um, you know, but it was good. Like it, we weren't we weren't zooming through it just to get it uh, done. Like well, I, I I legitimately enjoyed this episode. It was, you're right. Uh this and that's I think that's why we zoomed through it because we enjoyed this one more. Mm-hmm. And there was more that we could actually talk about, you know, some interesting things. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And folks, again, there are some other great episodes or great shows on this social suplex podcast network, but we are the greatest, of course. Some of the other greats include 8-Bit Suplex that is based around Impact Wrestling and video games that is hosted by Shooter Santos, Sandy Gaviria, and Heel Josh number two, Josh McLaughlin. AEW-based program or podcast, All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Summerwitz. Great match generator. Take a generator, random generator, pull up some great matches, talk about it, review, discuss, that sort of thing. You can listen to Great Match Generator, hosted by DJ Cooks. If you want something for independent wrestling, listen to Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Chris Things. And that's right, Dawson himself, James Vanderbeek. If you want a New Japan-based podcast, listen to Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy, Josh Smith. Uh, Of course, we wouldn't be here without the original show here on the network. Again, we are the favorite podcast of this podcast, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. They talk WWE, AEW, stardom, sports, politics, everything. And last, but definitely not least, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show that is hosted by my two good friends, Ricky and Clive, from over in Scotland. So a little bit of international flair here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, with any and all of these shows, if you want to get one major feed to not clog up your podcast app, you can subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network or just subscribe to the solo feeds if you want Um definitely subscribe to 
If you subscribe to the solo feed, also subscribe to, or, or pardon me, if you subscribe to the main feed, also subscribe to our solo feed. Listen to us twice. Give us two listens. We deserve it. We've, we've done a damn good job here. Wouldn't you agree, Greg? Agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I got word vomit going on. I can't even hardly talk right now. It's wild. Um, <laughs> now you're actually but, doing all right. Yeah, folks, that's the show. And thank you for listening. God bless you. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, if you don't subscribe to our solo feed, you'll have to suffer grave consequences. <laughs>